Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We are the blessed. Oh, hallelujah. It is such a privilege to be with you uh, in this great meeting. Um, I, I think you would say the same thing. We are witnesses of a great miracle. Hallelujah. And uh, I believe we saw a miracle just this morning with uh, Brother Jerry, the way he ministered. I mean, his ministry, I didn't perceive any diminished part of how you ministered, sir. Glory to God. And the the way you broke it down and, and showed us how that you walked by faith through it. Faith is the victory that overcomes, hallelujah, anything in this world that we have to deal with. Glory be to God. Uh, It's so easy to get used to a miracle. You know, uh, the Israelites got so used to manna falling out of the sky that they despised it. Now, it's not like there were any grocery stores around, right? If they didn't have that, but it's it's just an example of, of when something is in front of you and around you and you have it and you keep having it and you keep having it, you can, you can take it for granted. But, uh, I, I feel strongly just, I don't know that much about the, the details, but I feel strongly that had it not been for the Lord, we either wouldn't have Brother Jerry with us today. He'd be in heaven, he'd be happy, but that, we would miss him. Or he would be incapacitated. And he is not. He is here. Let's give praise to God, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory. Oh, we thank you. Thank you for what you've done for Brother Jerry and his family and this ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ha <laughs> Thank you. Glory to God. We're not at a funeral. We're at a meeting. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's no explanations by the family as to why Brother Jerry is not speaking this morning. He spoke as an able minister of the New Testament. Hallelujah. I'm full of gratitude. I'm full of thanksgiving. I know, I know you are. Hallelujah. I just, the, the nature of miracles is that it can happen so quickly that you don't fully realize what happened. And because you're not going through loss or years of struggle, you don't know what you missed. You don't know what you were spared from 
But by faith, you can be thankful. By faith, you can be thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And thank you, sir, for setting such a a wonderful example in front of us how to walk by faith and overcome. Uh, Believe with me for utterance for the next few minutes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree together asking for utterance, asking for the anointing, asking for eyes and ears and heart and mind that see, hear, and receive. We ask for answers. We ask for direction. We ask for impartations. We ask for supply of the Spirit, anointing and ability that will bring us to the next parts of your plan and your purposes and will. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers of what you show us. And as surely as we do, great things will happen. And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Would you turn with me to uh, Timothy, please? First Timothy, the first chapter. A while back, the Lord uh, quickened some things to me from these writings, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. Concerning ministers, he dealt with me to, to, to go to them and read them and then read them again and listen to them again. And I, and, and I begin to see a theme. I begin to see a continuity through these writings. As you know, these were the Spirit of God ministering through Paul to ministers. Timothy, who came up under his ministry, and, and Titus. And uh, then I saw a connection with our generation and our time, our day. In uh, 1 Timothy, the first chapter, we'll start here in about... This is so rich, I want to read all of it, but um, skip down to verse uh, 11, One eleven. He says, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Everybody say, committed to my trust. See, Paul is saying, by the Spirit of God through him is saying, and saying concerning himself, that the glorious gospel of the blessed God was committed to his care and trust a responsibility that God is trusting him with this. And in verse 12... He said, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Hallelujah. 
I believe that applies to us right here. Right now. Uh, the, you know, the scripture says, how will they call in him in whom they've not believed? They, they won't. And how will they believe in him unless they have heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? They, the answer is they, they won't, they can't, they won't. And how will they preach, can they preach, unless they've been sent? Like one fellow said I heard years ago, he said, some are sent and some just went. But unless you're sent, then there is not that, that call and that anointing, that supernatural enabling. You can't just go to school and study and become a minister. It's not just through learning. It's not just through knowledge. But it is by a divine call. And it is by a divine uh, entrusting God entrusting of his precious things, his precious anointing, his precious word, the revelation of his word, and the leading and ministering to his precious people. These things are closest to his heart. They are most precious above planets. They are precious to him. He creates planets. He can create more. But human beings, precious souls, his precious anointing, his precious word, these things are eternal. And their value is far beyond any amount of money or natural thing. And he is trusting you and I with all three of these. The revelation of his word, his holy anointing, and the ministering to and the leading of his people. This is no small thing. No small thing. And Paul had a revelation of this by the Spirit of God it's recorded in his writings to these ministers. Let me read it again. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now he goes on to describe that he was a blasphemer and, and a persecutor and how he uh, obtained mercy and and what the Lord did and how the Lord made an example of him, uh, of salvation, that nobody's too hard a case to be saved. And, and how he went from being church enemy of the church number one to being in the forefront of the apostolic ministry for the church and building the church. You talk about a change. And he said, the Lord made me a pattern, made, made me an example to show what he could do with anybody. But uh, the entrustment, the commission that had been given to him, he talked to Timothy about. Um, go with me over to 2 Timothy. What I'd like to do is read these three books to you verse by verse <laughs> and comment on them because it's, you know, 
But if the Lord deals with you too, it would be worth your time to see. And, and I believe you'll be stirred about a theme. I don't know how much you may. If you're like me, you may not have seen it as much. In Second uh, Timothy, he's writing to Timothy again. And he said, verse 4, chapter 1, verse 4, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that's in you, which dwelt first in your mother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in you also. Well, why is Timothy crying? If you read these, these two books, you see that Timothy is in, he's under pressure. He's under duress. And virtually every chapter, Paul keeps, the Spirit of God through Paul keeps referring to something. You know, he tells him to preach the word and be instant, in season, out of season. He, he talks about that people have gotten away and gotten off track. And, and what you see is that what Paul has preached He's in prison, has, be, has become unpopular in some of these circles. And Timothy is feeling the pressure because there's some new super apostles have arisen. And Paul is old school and last decade. <laughs> Come on with that. And uh, there's there's new ministers and there are new messages. And Timothy is feeling the pressure. And the Spirit of God through Paul is telling him to hold to the faith. The faith. You'll find faith referred to in almost every chapter in these books. He keeps talking about faith, 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 the faith, the faith. What did Paul preach? Brother Jerry referred to it earlier. He said, the word of faith, which I preach. What did he preach? He preached faith. Now, people, sometimes people say, well, no, he's talking about the faith. Well, what is the faith? Why do they call it the faith instead of the something else? That's right. <laughs> the faith is the way we live. That's yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> it's the way. The reason it's called the faith is because it's the way we live and function. The just shall live by faith. Walk by faith. Receive by faith. Resist by faith. Overcome by faith. Please God. By faith. Now I know that in some measure I'm preaching to the choir. Am I not looking at faith people? 
Faith preachers. Faith teachers. Emma? Emma? Is faith as popular as it once was? (laughs) So you didn't have to think about that. Really? Faith, talking about faith, confession, how faith comes, how faith grows, how faith is released. We have a whole generation that's grown up now that doesn't know much about Brother Hagin. Our brother Roberts. Our faith. I ministered in a place just recently. And I ministered on faith. And there were some young folks, uh, 18, 19 years old. And they were so excited after the service. They said, we've never heard this before. We got to get the materials on faith. I There was every reason they should have heard it. Who they were around. They were genuinely excited. Do you remember the first time you ever heard anything about how to believe God? Oh, oh. But there has been a waning. And the, the, the message of faith is not as popular in some circles as it once was. Hmm? Am I exaggerating? Well, what he's telling him is hold fast what you have. Hold fast what I gave you. Uh, look at some more scripture with me. First Timothy 6. The enemy tries to hide these things. But we're not ignorant of his devices. And I'm believing you're going to get more stirred up. Like you heard Brother Jerry saying, he's more excited about the word of God. It's more precious to him than ever before. Why shouldn't it be that way with every one of us? Hmm? I believe we are here for such a time as this to get this. Mm, Hallelujah. I I can hear something. I can feel something stirring already. You know how the kettle on the the eye starts whistling? You know, you can hear it a little bit before it starts whistling. I hear that little something before the whistle. And the Holy Spirit's going to turn up the heat on this on you. Today, tonight, tomorrow, till next thing we go, it's going to be a full-blown whistle coming out of you of excitement, stirring, real, world-overcoming faith. Hallelujah. And if somehow you wind up at the wrong place and you don't like faith, it ain't going to get any better. It's just going to get stronger the longer you're here. But now come on in. Come on in. 1 Timothy 6 and 20. 
you, you hear his pleas, and not just his, but the Spirit of God through him. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to your trust. Well, what had been entrusted to him? At one point, he talks about the gift that was given to him through the laying on of hands, but that's not all he's talking about. That's another thing. It was the message. It was the revelation. The truth of the word. Keep that which is committed to your trust. Why would you need to write to somebody who came up under your ministry? Who's heard you preach for years? Who's crying? Who's under pressure? Who's under duress? Why? Why do you need to write to them and say, hold on to it now. Preach the word. Why do you need to tell somebody, preach the word? Why? Because you will be tempted to gradually back off and change a little bit here and a little bit there. If you're flying an airplane intercontinental and you're off course by half a degree, half a degree, after 10 hours, you can be on another continent. (laughs) And that's how the enemy works. He knows you're not just going to accept rejecting something wholesale, but if he can get you to back off just a little bit, just a little bit, modify the message for the current generation. Really? Really? There's never going to be a Bible 2.0. It does not need to be updated to be more relevant for a modern generation. If anybody moved and changed, it wasn't God, it was people. And God doesn't need to move toward them, they need to come back to Him. And we're His representatives. Beware of trying to be cool. I say it over here too. Beware what is cool anyway. What is cool? The main things we have from God will never be cool in an ungodly world. And will never be accepted by those who reject him. Now you can be of a cool temperament and you can be neat and wonderful. But I'm talking about trying to fit in with something that's ungodly. Compromise. And all of us like to think, well, I preach the uncompromised word of God. Who else thinks that? It's not common that people will confess and go, what I preach is pretty compromised. (laughs) When's the last time did you hear that? So everybody imagines 
that they are preaching a totally uncompromised message. But is it so? <clears throat> Timothy, keep that which is committed to your trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called, which some prefer, professing, what have they done? They've erred, they've gotten off, concerning the faith. Instead of preaching the word that produces faith, they're talking about science, which is not really science, things that are profane and ungodly. There's a lot of stuff that's just too loose. Yes, sir. It's too crass. It's too calloused. It ought not be in our mouths. We ought not talk about it privately, much less in the pulpit. Didn't, didn't Ephesians talk about not even speaking about those things that are done of them in secret? Don't even talk about it. Keep what's committed to your trust. Go to 1 Corinthians 9, please. Thank you for believing with me. I can feel it. Thank you for your help. As preachers, you know how important it is. Come on. <laughs> Once in a while, I hear that flap on the kettle. <laughs> We're not there yet, but it's, it's building. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. <clears throat> the things of God don't get old. Real revelation never gets old. Is that right? Having miracles does not get old. Healings never gets old. Having all your bills paid. I got tired of it. How about you? It never gets old. (laughs) Never. And you know how all those things work? By faith. By faith. 1 Corinthians 9. 16, Paul said, though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of for necessities laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. If I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed to me. Say that out loud, a dispensation. Of the gospel gospel. is committed to me. me. The Amplified says it like this I am still entrusted with a sacred trusteeship and commission. I am entrusted with a sacred trusteeship and commission. Commission would be comparable. To an officer in the military. With the commission comes authority and responsibility. Authority, privilege, and responsibility. I know uh, 
I had the privilege of serving under Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now for 20-some years. And uh, after being in healing school for a few years, they asked me to teach in the school, the Bible school. And I had the privilege of doing that. Well, the first year I did that, they allowed us so much freedom. I was allowed to write the curriculum for two or three of the courses I was going to teach. And I, I felt so inadequate to do some of it. And I didn't have a doctorate of divinity and, and I, I lacked some things in that regard and I thought, well, I need to be more well-read. I need to broaden my knowledge base. And, and so I began to read some big, thick you know, theology books that you had to have the dictionary close by while you read them. And, and uh, after a few months of that, something was bothering me. And uh, time is closing in for us to the first semester to start, and I, I wasn't settled in some of the things I was doing and preparing for, and I, just, I felt like I was getting behind. I felt like I was a bit frustrated. And, and uh, I was seeking the Lord, praying about it, and the Lord spoke to me very clearly on the inside. He said, Keith, son, I have many good ministries all over the world. Do you believe that? Oh, the body of Christ, most of them we don't know. But God has good people all over this planet. He has outstanding people. He said, I have many good ministries all over this planet. I could have sent you to, joined you to any one of them that I so chose. He said, I sent you here. Get this. I sent you here. Amen. Get this. Man, it rang through me. I put my big books up. <laughs> and I pulled out Brother Hagin's book again. You know? And, and got back into how faith comes. And how to release your faith. Amen. Seven steps. And <laughs> anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and I saw it, but not, not as clearly as I'm seeing it right now. That uh, trusteeship that was given to him is given to those that God joined to him. Come on, are you listening? And whatever the Lord gave to, to Brother Roberts, he gave to those that he joined to that ministry. And Brother Jerry's ministry, and Brother Copeland's ministry. And when people go to heaven, they don't take their mantles with them. When Elijah went up, the cloak floated back down. Hmm? Why? Because you don't need it there. You don't need it there. And Elisha picked that up. And they were able to remark and say the, the spirit of Elijah is on him. Yeah. And whomever the Lord joins you to, 
a measure of that anointing and grace is to be on you and in your life, but also whatever he gave, whatever he entrusted them with now becomes your responsibility too. Especially folks like us called to the ministry to preach and teach. Now, I know more about this because of my personal connection, but I was very joined closely with Brother Hagen. And his commission was go teach my people faith. That was his commission. Commission. What's a commission? It comes from above. Right? From the top authority. It is an authorization. It is an endowment. It is an enablement. And it is a responsibility. Go teach my people faith. In that regard, I know he he ministered in the ministry of a prophet. But in that regard, he was sent as an apostle of faith. A sent one. He said, I've allowed you to learn faith by example and in my word. Now go teach my people faith. And so, as the scripture said concerning David, after he served his generation, he fell asleep. Well, Brother Hagen and Miss Aretha have served their generation. Brother Oral Roberts and Stephen served their generation. Can you see this? And most of us in here are not teenagers. Huh? We are to serve our generation. Right? With what? Well, different parts of the body of Christ emphasize different things. But what's our part? I said, what's our part? The the body is so diverse and so rich. And God has given different measures of revelation on this to this part of the body. And a different area over here. Just like the gifts of the Spirit. To one is given by the Spirit. To another is given, not the same thing, but a different thing. By the same Spirit. And sometimes people foolishly compare them and try to say, well, this is better than this. Said who? That's just the thing you're supposed to emphasize. But when I began to to talk about this just a few months ago, the first time I'd seen what I'm telling you now, I said, if we don't, as people of faith, if we don't emphasize what the Lord entrusted us to emphasize, we become, and I paused, and I couldn't say anything for just a minute. I knew it was important that I, I say the right word. I said, we become, we become, and then it came, irrelevant. <laughs> irrelevant? Yes, because if we're emphasizing what he's anointed another part of the body of Christ to emphasize, they're already doing that. And they're more anointed in grace to do it than we are. But the body needs faith. 
Have you seen it or not? It is pitiful. It is pitiful how Christians are struggling without faith. It is sad how ignorant church people are of the most simple principles of faith. What faith is. How it comes. How to release it. Most of the church doesn't know these things. That's right. And God has graced me and you. To know something about this. And one of the ways you can tell it's your thing is what it does to the inside of you. Deep calls to deep. And when you're a faith baby and you hear faith. Oh, it does something to you. It does something through you. Doesn't it? How many in the ministry? Raise your hand in here. You're in, you're in the ministry, teaching, preaching, church, traveling, whatever the case might be. How'd you get started in the ministry? Come on, help me out. How did you, how did you get started? That's a little bit weak. It's the right answer, but it's a little weak. How did you get started? Anybody start a ministry in here? You started a ministry you started a church. Huh? How'd you get started? Faith. How? Faith. 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 Huh? Faith. Faith. You didn't have it. You didn't know where it could come from. You didn't know how to start and what to do next. Huh? How you'd make it to the end of the week or the end of the month. Or if anybody had come or if nobody had come or... If anybody cared or if anybody would invite you or would ever want to have a meeting with you or, right? And what happened? You heard. Brother Copeland, you heard Brother Hagen, you heard Brother Jerry, you heard Brother Rob, you heard somebody and it went through you and you thought, yes. And God put it in you and you said, we will do this. We're going to start this. We're going to go here. We're going to do that. Not a clue in the world may be in your head of how to do it. But did God come through for you? Come on. Did God come through for you? And then how did you make it to the next part? And how did you make it to the next part? Have you been challenged ever? Have you had anything to overcome? Brother Jerry has demonstrated such a wonderful example to us, taking some time to detail how he resisted and how he received, and step by step. And one of the things we need to get free from in our camp is condemnation about lack of faith. This is a subtle trick of the enemy that'll actually, under my condemnation, actually destroys confidence. It is a faith killer. And we got people all over 
in our camp that have money issues, marriage issues, body issues, health issues, and the main thing they try to do is cover it up and hide it so that nobody knows. And then, you know, just basically feel bad because we don't already have this. Because we're not already at this place size-wise or finance-wise because we're still dealing with symptoms. This is a trick of the devil because he knows if he can keep you in that condemnation, he keeps your faith from working. And we shouldn't be condemned that we don't already have it all. We should simply be excited and inspired that we can get it all with our faith. We're not hopeless and without recourse. There's nobody in here that has a body in perfect condition. What I mean by that is you have zero defect, zero deficiency. When children are born, people say, the baby's okay. Yeah, perfect child. Not really. If you examined them and measured everything, one eye's a little bigger than the other, one toe's a little longer than the other, huh? Uh-uh. Everything down here is altered and affected by the curse. And as we go through life, none of us have done everything perfectly. Hmm? And we've given place here and there. Sometimes ignorantly, sometimes otherwise. But through any number of reasons, we got issues. Come on, don't sit there looking too holy because I I may have to call you out. Lord, may give me a word of wisdom and and, and, and our knowledge and talk about your case, you know. Am I telling the truth? All of us have issues that we have dealt with, sometimes for years, sometimes for decades. And in our camp, what too many have done is just try to hide it. And then their heart are condemned. Because I'm not there yet, because I don't have it. Wrong. This is wrong. I said this is wrong. We shouldn't be condemned because we don't. We haven't received it all yet. We should be inspired that we can. A lot of folks don't know what to do. The Lord has taught us what to do. We can. I know when I was just a couple of years into the ministry, I'd see other ministers and what they were doing, and I think, man. I'm not even begun to start compared to that. And, I, and it would bother me. It would intimidate me. And I think, well, my little stuff I'm doing. doing. And, and, and 20 years later, I found out in some of those situations, I was in better shape than they were. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't know it. Amen. <laughs> There's been too much 
facade. Too much front. Too much pride. Leaving the impression. People get up and preach faith and go, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, the devil tried to mess with me. I slapped him and kicked him. Boom. Three minutes. Uh, uh, that's what you need to do too. Hey, 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 tell us the other story. <laughs> tell us the other story too. <laughs> the one that lasted 13 years. <laughs> huh? <laughs> and why am I talking about this? Because here's something that's happened as to why faith is not as popular in some circles as it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, we, we just got through reading, Spirit of God through Paul talked to Timothy. He said, the unfeigned faith that is in you, that was in your mother, and it was in your grandmother. What kind of faith? Unfeigned. Why would you need to use a descriptor, unfeigned? Unfeigned is the opposite of feigned. What is feigned? Feign is phony. Pretend. So he's saying not phony. Why do you need to say not phony? Hmm? I, I was reading, oh, it's been a couple of years ago now, a man who was a pastor of a, a good church, a graduate of Rama, like myself, one who preached faith strong. And after, I forget how many years, but I had heard and saw and, and, and read after his own words where he is now calling uh, us a cult that people need to get delivered out of. These this faith bunch, us. And I'm just thinking, how did this happen? This man was just as excited about faith as far as I know back 20 years ago as I was. He's faith preacher, faith church. What happened? Now he's preaching against what he preached. He's saying it's error. We're a cult. How'd this happen? And uh, I was able to find out that in the same time he got this revelation was when his 14-year-old daughter had a life-threatening situation with sickness and they did everything they knew to pray and stand and she died. And went home early. And right after that is when he got this revelation. They are not unconnected. This is what happened. Is that he's convinced 
They did everything. And it didn't work. So it's not right. It's not real. And now we have second and even third generation that have grown up with faith people. And they have saw, they have seen these people, parents, grandparents, friends, they've seen them confess things and say things and it didn't work. Hmm? And they've seen them do things and it was obvious in the end it wasn't right. And what they were trying to do wasn't right. And not knowing God for their self in these areas, somebody comes along with another message that alleviates you from any responsibility. And that sounds pretty good to you. Because you see the anguish and torment they went through trying to believe God and just getting disappointed. Can we talk plain in here today? Hmm? But this is actually arrogance and pride. Why would it not occur to you? Maybe we did something wrong. Why does it have to be? God didn't come through. Hmm? This is arrogance. And it is a questioning of the character of God. It's the enemy comes and says, where was God for you? Where was he? You stood. You believed. Where is he? This is the accuser of the brethren. And he's the accuser of... He accuses us to God. He accuses God to us. He accuses us to each other. This is how he works. It's very real. Man, he'll just beat on it, beat on it. Where was he? Where was he? Where was he? And you get mad and you get hurt. Many thousands have quit going to church, have quit preaching faith. Hmm? And I notice, well, he's still in the ministry, this man. But he's completely changed his message. What's the message now? It's all up to God. It's all up to God. It's up to his will. It obviously wasn't his will to heal their daughter. This sets us back three generations. Are y'all listening? Which is exactly what the, uh, it is is a bit shocking to me that Brother Hagin has only been gone how many years? Just a handful of years. Less than 20, right? And and, and Brother Oral not that long and some of these. And already you see people turning loose of faith for something else. People like what I call no-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not my fault. If it didn't happen, not my fault. If it did happen, not my fault. Not my fault. Not my fault. 
And that, this message, this is no new thing. This has existed for centuries before God emphasized faith like we've heard it. That it's all up to God. According to God's will. That's the main thing. But that's not what Jesus taught. I said that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught as you've believed. So be it done unto you according to your faith. Be it unto you. There needs to be some humility. And repentance. What has happened is people have learned some faith principles and then have lived like the world. And been too carnal. And just tried to enact faith principles without knowing God. And the faith is in the faith principles. Which is not the same as faith in God. In order to have faith in God, you must hear from God. <laughs> you, person, faith comes by hearing. You must hear from him. You hear from him through the word. You hear from him by his spirit in prayer as you're driving, as you're walking. You can't just grab something out of the air, off the top of your head and say it and everything's going to happen. You must hear from him. You have to hear from him. Is it true, saints? You must hear from him. You can't just believe in anything and everything and it work out right. I mean, if God's got a plan, and you didn't even take time to ask him about it and get it. And you come up with your plan. And then you're going to use faith principles. You're going to sow for it. And you're going to make confessions for it. God's going to abandon his perfect plan. And support what you came up with. He's not obligated to support and cause to succeed every wild idea that crosses your little head. <laughs> there needs to be some humility. Right? I know the first time Phyllis and I, we, uh, we got a hold of uh, Brother Copeland's tapes and Brother Jerry's tapes. And that's the first things we ever heard on faith. And we got so excited, we'd never heard anybody say that God would help you in your finances. That was a completely foreign idea to us. That God would help you get a car, a house, clothes, pay your bills. We got so excited, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> and then we learned about the prayer of agreement. She and I, we'd been married uh, two years, I think. We, we could pray the prayer of agreement. And things that happened just sounded almost too good to be true. But we believed it. We believed it, and we needed everything. And so we decided we're going to believe for a car. And so we, we thought, well, yeah, we believe for a good car. And then we thought, well, hey, God's a big God. We believe for a good car. Then we thought a little bit, well, hey, God's a big God. Let's believe for a new car. 
Man, we, had, we, we barely had $50 between us, you know. Well, hey, God's a good God. He's a big God. Let's believe for a top-of-the-line new car. Went to the dealership, saw one, a Buick Riviera. This was back in the 70s when a Buick was a Buick. <laughs> I mean a big old, you know, big old car. Big chrome bumpers. And uh, we thought, that's it. That's it. Buick Riviera. That's it. That's the one we want. And so we, uh, we prayed the prayer of agreement about it. And then we did something we heard somebody else say. They, they set a date. And we said, we believe we received this by. It's 30 days. <laughs> what you laughing about? <laughs> and so... Uh, We were in faith much as we knew. Man, we were excited about this new Buick coming in and we didn't have any money at all. And and week went by, two weeks went by. Every time the phone rang, we thought that could be it. Every time we checked the mail, could be it. And uh, we're so new to this. And uh, Last day, last week came. Last day. Well, we were at work. She's at one place, I'm at another. And so, I mean, every hour we're thinking, man, it's, it's coming down to it. But it ain't too late. And, and then nothing happened that day, and we got home, and uh, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Well, it's, it's still time. 11 30, 11 45, 11 59, 12.01. No phone calls, no. 12.30, 1 o'clock, 1.30. Well, we've got to get up and go to work in the morning. And our feathers fail. You know what I mean by that? We were a bit cast out. Because we really wanted that new Buick. It was just nice. And we needed a car. So we didn't even want to talk about it that night. So the next uh, day after work, we came back in and we said, we, we both of us took hands and said, Lord, you don't miss it. That's right. That's right. We must have missed it somewhere. We know we're new at this, but it's not your fault. You don't miss it. Now, we were so young and green, but how many believe that's a big thing? That when something doesn't go the way you wanted it to or thought you were believing or praying, you do not get mad at God. That's being ignorant. You're really going to accuse God, whether you say it audibly or not? If you've got the feelings... You must believe he's unfaithful. You must either believe he doesn't care or can't do it or didn't decided not to when it meant so much to you. It all comes back to, to casting a shadow over his character, which is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. The enemy will do his best to turn you against God and put his hate for God in you. 
Somebody say it out loud. Never happen. It will never happen with me by the grace of God. I will love my God and I will honor my Father through my life and beyond my life. I will never yield. The, the, The problem is these feelings are real and they're powerful. And these feelings of bitterness and angst and anguish can come from the enemy and they can feel overwhelming. And you got to stand up on the inside to resist it in Jesus' name or elsewise you're in trouble. Let me tell you what to get you through the toughest places in this world. Toughest places in life. Toughest thing that can ever happen to you. There'll be some things you don't understand. But you look up through your tears, through your disappointment, through your questions, and you, you speak straight to the Father. You say, Father, I don't understand this. I don't know why. But I know this. You are faithful. I call you faithful. You are faithful and you are good and you have never let me down and you never will and I trust you. I trust you in life. I trust you in death. I trust you with my every breath. I trust you. I trust you. (laughs) That's faith. That's what it is. That's faith. You don't see it. You don't understand it. But you believe. That's more important than any healing or any car or any money. But if you'll do that, you get the healing. (laughs) You get the car. You get the thing. Come on, can you see this? Hallelujah. It was four or five years later. I, I was in Ramah in prayer school, laying in the floor, praying. And it, it dawned on me, I, I, I remembered that Buick thing. You don't tend to forget stuff like that. And uh, I, I said, Lord, I, I'm hearing Brother Hagen teach on faith here at school. I'm hearing all these other great ministers. And from what they're saying, it sounds like we were in faith back then. Obviously, we weren't. Didn't work. But Lord, I don't, you, go, you need to help me, please. I guess I just don't know what faith is. Because I'm still, after hearing all this, I don't see what we did wrong. I thought we were believing. Did you hear that phrase? I thought we were believing. Unfeigned faith. Is there that which looks like faith, sounds like faith, but is not? Is not. And that's what has happened in recent years. People have seen a lot of stuff that was called faith that didn't work. And all they saw was anguish and torment and condemnation all the time. And they wouldn't get free from all that. So they're looking for something else. 
And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, you and she were in faith. In fact, for where you were at the time, you were doing quite well. Well, I got a question then. (laughs) Where's my Buick? (laughs) If we were doing good, what happened to my Buick? (laughs) And uh, he said, you were doing well until 1201. He said, you let a little mechanism with springs and hands click a few times, and then you decided my word wasn't true anymore. (laughs) And I'm going, dummy, dummy, dummy. (laughs) I really was, you know, mentally I'm kicking myself thinking, dummy, dummy, dummy. See, I I heard somebody else say they did that. And I just tagged that on there. (laughs) And uh, uh, while I'm doing that, the Lord spoke to him again. He said, it's not too late. Huh? He said, it's not too late. He said, you remember how excited you and she were? Especially that last hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never forget it. He said, go back. And pick it up. Didn't know you could do that. Go back. What do you mean? Go back. Pick it up. Begin to expect. And this time. Don't set any limit on it. Just expect and believe me until. Oh man. I couldn't wait to get home. I said Phyllis. Do you remember the Buick? Oh yeah. 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 I said. I told her what the Lord said. She said. Really? I said. Yeah. That's what he said. Go back and pick it up. We joined hands. We said, Lord, we're picking it up. We're excited about our car. And you know, maybe we changed our mind about the Buick. I don't know. We're believing for a new car. We're believing for a new car, a nice car. And we thank you for it. And we're not going to quit this time. Well, a year passed. And you wouldn't think of it every day. But, you know, when you're reminded of it, you thank God for it. Another year passed. Everybody say another year. Another year year passed. Everybody say another year. year. (laughs) And uh, she came in from work one day. She said, guess what? I said, what? She said, so-and-so, she called him. He was a a supporter of Brother Hagin's ministry and some other ministries and businessman. Said, yeah. So the Lord told him to tell us to buy us a new car. Brand new car. Pay the tag, tax, everything. I said, yeah. She said, yes. I said, what kind? He said, go pick it up. Go pick it. Any kind? Yeah, any kind. I said, get your purse. (laughs) We went to one dealership and then another and then another and then another. And guess where we wound up at? The Buick place. <laughs> and on the showroom floor, they had a brand new, of course, it's several years since that other one, a brand new, guess what? Buick Riviera with wire wheels and a special 
a soft top and just a bunch of extra stuff on it. And it was just the color. This was primarily going to be Phyllis's car. And it was just the color she liked and everything. But it said sold. And it was in the showroom floor. We said, well, uh, you know, if something happens that doesn't work out, you know, call us. We gave them the number. They called us the next day. And it was snow on the ground there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We drove that thing out of the showroom floor and the snow was crunching under the tires and we were thanking God that faith does work. Hallelujah. God is faithful. People say, well, I know somebody and they believe God didn't work. No, you don't know anybody like that. You've never met anybody like that. No one ever trusted in him and was made ashamed. Nobody ever stood and didn't quit and were disappointed. It has never happened. And it never will. There's a whole lot of people that have imagined a lot of stuff and said a lot of stuff God didn't tell them to say. Called it faith. Come on, are you listening? And then there's a lot of people who did hear from God and they were in faith, but they quit. They gave up and they quit. Just like we did, but didn't get back on it. Oh, friends, you and I have been entrusted with the revelation of faith. And the body needs. I said the body of Christ needs what God has given. We need what God's given them too. But if we don't emphasize our part, Spirit of God said we become irrelevant. I don't want to be irrelevant. Somebody said I'm not going to be irrelevant. Did the Lord see, do you know who the Lord sent you to? Who he joined you to? He could have joined you anywhere in the world. Is that right? Is he saying to you like he said to me? I sent you here. Get this. And preach this. And teach this. And live this. Hallelujah. And you will not be irrelevant. Hallelujah. You you will make a mark on your generation. Hallelujah. And it can affect generation to come. Stand up on your feet if you would. Lift up your hands. Let's give God glory. Let's give him praise. Let's give him thanks. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We give you glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for faith. Thank you for what you've entrusted to us. Oh, hallelujah. Everybody said out loud, thank you, Lord, for what you've joined me to. Thank you, Lord, for the commission of faith, for what you've entrusted to us. By your grace and mercy, we will be faithful with what you've given us. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, pray in the Spirit, son. Oh, late vine, may la sotere da gino, may la sotero banagiani, may la soto caron prinjamiero, isto 
anantes in juno e paiasi e la pogna la pogna le pes dona binge ne vado oh alleluia mongre vasete monde graveste monde graveste monde graveste yes lord yes lord Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Clay gray day. Clay de gray day. Clay de gray day. Ah, saints, listen, listen. I heard, close your eyes. I heard these words in my spirit. Ah, begangre is There, There's been a, a slacking and a lessening of finance for some. There's been a lessening and slackening, a diminishing of excitement, a diminishing of attendance, a diminishing of opportunities, a lessening of results. But as great it's because there's been a lessening of faith. There's been a diminishing of faith, a lack of excitement about faith. A lack of emphasis on the faith that is the victory. Boris Cristo Radeci. Leave Nemanje. Stir up that which is in you. Let it rise up to the top. Let it fill your heart and your soul and your mind and your mouth. And as faith rises, so will your finances. As faith rises, so will the spirit of your services. As faith rises, so will your attendance. As faith rises, so will your opportunities. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Say it out loud. Let it rise in me. Glory to God. Hallelujah.